The Why Me Project, an exclusive presentation of Faith Strong Today. Holly, we've been doing this for a minute. Just a minute or two. Guest number one was incredible, all the way to where we are now. It seems as though the guests just keep getting better and better and better, but in different ways. Mm -hmm. It's so true. And I actually really have been enjoying hearing stories of people that we know and we haven't really know, known like the full breadth of their story. We just know, sure. oh, so-and-so is my friend and we do coffee. But then when you get to deep dive into the life and times of them, it doesn't matter who you are, where you're from, what your background is. God loves you so much and can use you in some incredible ways. And so our guest this week, uh, so-and-so is your friend and you do coffee, something that you do as Shireen, because I've asked Shireen many times. I'm like, hey, coffee. And she keeps <laughs> saying no. So uh, Shireen Spencer, how are you? I'm great. Maybe if you ask me for tea, because I'm not a coffee drinker, <laughs> but I love tea, <laughs> but I'm good. I'm very good. Thank you. <laughs> we like to ask this skill testing question because we never know where it's going to go. Shereen, who are you and where did you come from? <laughs> I am a child of God. <laughs> mm -hmm. And um, I came from him who decided to gift me to two wonderful parents that uh, are Guyanese originally. And then we've grown up and lived in Toronto. That's who I am. I am a daughter and a sister and a mother, a wife, a pastor, an author, a singer. Uh, yeah, I wear a lot of hats. <laughs> There's nothing that you can't do. Well, there are a lot of things I can't do. So I just, <laughs> I stay in my lane. There I you go. <laughs> I have figured out where the Lord has gifted me and I stay right there. <laughs> you were born in Canada? I was born in Canada. Yeah. In Ontario? Yeah. My, my sister was born in Guyana. Then they came over here and then the rest of us, I have two other siblings were born here. So I was born in Toronto, uh, Toronto, Ontario, Toronto General Hospital is where I was born. And I have lived in Scarborough all of my life. Nice. Yeah. It's always interesting talking to friends and family because, um, well, my in-laws uh, are from Jamaica. And so being the first generations born in mm. Canada is often a very unique experience when your parents are bringing in traditions from other cultures. Uh, and so for you, did you find it difficult having family from Guyana and then you growing up here and then kind of marrying those two worlds together? Somewhat. Um but not really. I think what was more difficult is just, I mean, we would call our parents very strict and old fashioned, mm. but you know, here I am now a grown adult with children and I tend to lean more to Guyanese ways than I do Canadian. Maybe growing up, I, I may have found it difficult, but it's funny what it is that you tend to take hold of the things that you complained about growing up, but you know, all of those things like um, just for example, the please and thank you, the, oh, I don't know about you, but the auntie and uncle. So anybody that is, you know, close to us, it doesn't matter where they were born and if they really are related or not, they're auntie mm. and uncle. And so my kids call people auntie and uncle and, you know, even their friends, parents. And that was always something different because their parents would want them to call them by their first name. And it was like, that's not happening. Not in my house, not in my presence, not in my hearing, no right. way, right? So it's very interesting, the things that you've learned and picked up and that are West Indian, but yet they're all of me. And that's, you know, where I am. Yet there are a lot of Canadian things that I I, I watch. Like my kids and my, my husband, in the winter, they should have been on the ski hills and they are. And in the <laughs> summer, they should have been a whale in the oceans or waters or, but I don't swim or ski. So 
<laughs> I don't do any of the <laughs> Well, you know, I'm not sure which one I am. <laughs> so you're heavily in- involved in church. You're involved in ministry. You said pastor. Was faith always a big part of your life? Yes, I am a PK. So uh, I was born and raised in a Christian home and a pastor's home. My father was trained in England and then was sent here. And so that's how we ended up here because he was sent here. But when I was uh, 10 years old, my father went blind. So he had glaucoma and uh, it was not treated in Guyana. And then by the time he got here, it was a little too far gone. Um, And so um, when I was 10, he went blind and that's when we really all pressed into our faith, you know, going to church was not just my father's thing or my mother's Mm. thing. Uh, You know, my parents have really instilled in us uh, the power of prayer and the value of that, the trusting God at his word and taking him and his scripture, knowing it, memorizing it, loving it, and um, just living it, especially when it's hard, because that was the beginning of our heart Um, in our life was my father going blind. My mother, four children, blind father, then she had to pick up. And and because even I said, he's a pastor, he's in ministry. Um, it's really hard for a black man and then a black blind, blind man mm. <laughs> in the seventies in ministry um, to get the help, the support, the whatever's needed to be able to bring the word to a congregation. So he, you know, he didn't stay preaching, although He's been used in a lot of things, but it was really hard for us because mom then became the breadwinner, the caregiver, the the everything while dad um, tried to navigate being a man that was independent to being a man that was then very dependent, you know? It it really was a walk by faith, not by sight kind of thing. For real. And Mm -hmm. and, and that is really what we've grown up doing, um, Mm -hmm. walking by faith and, and not by sight. And so... It was my parents' faith that brought them here. And it was my parents' faith that all four of their children are serving the Lord and involved in ministry. <laughs> so what my father couldn't do, his, his children are doing in many different ways. Um, and that's just, that's all I know. All I know is to be a Christian. Growing up in such a, a difficult situation, I mean, at 10 and then your dad losing his sight, you said that moment kind of galvanized your family and, and your faith when in other families, it, it can push them apart. Was this a moment that made the faith that you had grown up learning really become your own? Or was there another moment where you just, you knew you were going to follow God for the rest of your life and that head knowledge became a heart knowledge? Hmm. I would say that experience was what, you know, because I became a Christian at nine years old in terms of, yes, you go to church and you've been a, you know, you, you're a Christian all your life. Mm-hmm. I'm sure I've said the prayer at four whatever, but at nine, um, my parents took us to see, um, heaven's gates, hell's flames. Oh yes. And so that was it. But, and so I, it was not even a question. We were actually baptized my sister and I at 10 and 11 years old. We had made that decision then and, and we really have not turned back, but there have been many crisis moments in my life. That was one of them, but watching how my parents went through that in terms of really the prayer and really how not much in life changed in terms of how we did family and how we served God, even while everything else changed. And so, you know, all night prayer meetings, early morning devotionals, all of these things are 
you know, the, the worship music that's being played loud in the atmosphere, all of those things were what was normal to us. And anytime anything hard came, it was, we got to pray. We got to trust God. Let's, let's go see what the word says about that. And so in my life, that was, that was a moment for, you know, our family. And then that was a moment in which I was like, I'm going to do what it is mom and dad have always, you know, said to do. Um, and then the rest of life happens. So I've experienced a lot of hardships. I, I, even within that, that was one I remember that really changed me and because I had to grow up really fast. And, you know, mom went out to work four jobs while the rest of us, my sister and I are the oldest. And then my brother and sister are six and a half and seven years younger. And I'm the outgoing one, my, my older one, where you're apart, she's the shy one. And mm. so I became the, you know, the person that held everything together, right? The strong one, the one that can handle it all, right? Um, but then other things in life happened for me. My, my best friend passed away right on my driveway when I was 10, 11 years old. She had a brain aneurysm. And mm. that was, again, my first, you know, thing with death. I, I have a story of sexual abuse in my, my past and, and history at the hands of, 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 of a Christian, of a pastor, um, yeah. and had to work through that. I, I, I was a sickly child that um, had a lot of things in and out of hospital a lot. And so, again, those were many crisis moments. And then as an adult, as, as, a, as, a, as a teacher, I was wrongfully accused of mishandling a child and had to go through that process. And, and, and then my last one was being very sick. I had seven surgeries in one year. And after that, then I was diagnosed with cancer and had to go through that. So all of these things have been very pivotal moments in asking me, Shireen, who do you really trust? Yeah. Right now we're on a in a big crisis with the the pandemic and a lot of people struggling with health or mental health and and people really asking questions like, well, if God's so good, why does he let these things happen to us? And mm. it seems like your life you keep having to go through situations that others might think, you know what? It's already been two or three or four or five of these situations. I don't know about this God guy. Like does he really have my back? Why do you stay with God? Why do you keep pushing with that relationship? Because in the midst of it all, God stays with me. <laughs> um, and I have learned that when I have pressed in in prayer, you know, it doesn't necessarily change my situation, but it changes me. And it allows me to actually see God imparting his joy um, and that being my strength. And so in the times when things could have been completely and and were actually really dark, there was a light that was shed on the way. And I, you know, I always say this too shall pass. Notice I said these are all situations that were crisis moments and all situations that I that I went through. But I'm not there. God did take me through them. I am still, you know, I I have those in my story to be able to tell people that. If it be God's will, you will get out of it. And if it's not God's will, like for cancer, I've had many. I mean, today is at this day that we're recording and taping today is World Cancer Day. And mm. it makes me think about all of the friends that I have lost and that I've lost while we went through it together, you know, and we, but it also makes me think about all of the people that have made it through. And so it's that idea of how are we going to go through these difficult times and what is it that God wants us to share with other people as much as what is it that God wants us to learn about him 
and ourselves. Um, because the story for me in all of those cases has ended well, but the journey to get to the, the, to the good ending, it's not good. It was rough. It was hard. It was so, but the yeah. whole thing is I, I stay with God because he's sovereign and, and I stay with God because it could have been worse and it could be worse. I stay with God because he has already told me that in this life, I'll have many troubles. He's already told me that the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. He's already told me, you know, all of these things and then told me, but be of good cheer because he's overcome the world. And then told me, I will never leave you or forsake me, you. And then told me, I'm with you always. And then told me his strength is made perfect in my weakness. And then told me greater is he that's in me. So why do I stay with God? Because in spite of all of the things that have happened, will happen, are happening, God has already warned and he's already promised his presence. And it's been true. I have found him to be true. So part of the reason why we do this is because there's those hills and valley moments where we ask God that question, why me? Why am I put into this situation? I, I feel as though listening to part of your story already is that it seemed like there were way more valley moments than there were mountaintops just because oh, I was good. And then this happened and then this happened and then this happened. Was ministry always a part of where your future was going to be? You grew up in this faith filled household, just like, you know what, I'm going to be serving God. And then whatever that looks like, did you kind of know, like, was you being a pastor, was you, you know, working in ministry? Did you think that that was your future? I ran from it. <laughs> so God, God, like I said, God is faithful and he stayed with me. So I, I did feel called to teaching and I've been a teacher for 25 years. I've been on leave the last, you know, two or three in this whole season. Um, but I, I, I was like, I'm not going into ministry, Lord. I'm not going into ministry. And Lord, I really don't want to do seminary. I hate school. I like learning in the, the school of life. Please don't make me have to go read some more books and study. And it was partway through. I was teaching maybe 15 years, no, four, you know, 12, when I was just like, okay, I can't keep running. And then went and did my, um, I, I did my master's in theology at Tyndale. Um, and then went into ministry. And so I was a youth pastor for a few years, had my children and said, I can't keep up with these youth and my, and, and then <laughs> loved music, loved music and was worship leading. So moved into being a worship pastor and then moved into being a senior pastor and then got cancer and stopped doing that or a, an associate pastor, but leading in terms of the, the complete pastor role. And then I um, got sick and, Lord moved me out of that and birthed ministry a different way. And mm. so ministry is encompassing all of the stages of things he's put together because I teach and preach still um, in terms of women's groups and marriage. And I work with Family Life Canada, my husband and I. Um, I've authored two books and I'm going on to the third one <laughs> and I'm making music. And so the Lord has made my ministry be where it is he's gifted me and what it is I'm passionate about. And so Although I'm not pastoring, I'm still ministering. And, you know, that's all God, because like I said, I, I ran from pastoring and I ran from that, but the Lord chased me and those were wonderful years as well. And he's used them all to, to, to shape me. You say during those early years where you were a youth pastor, then you have your kids and you thought, okay, I just don't have enough energy for all of that. <laughs> <laughs> 
How did having kids shift or shape your perception of how to minister moving forward? Because that's like that's a, a huge TSN turning point, if you will, in a lot of our lives. We have kids and suddenly we look at the world differently. Yeah. How did it shape and change your perspective? It did in a couple ways. One is about setting priorities and about understanding the stages of life that you're in and appreciating them for what they are and living in them. Um, the other is understanding people and judgment. When you don't have children, you want to tell everybody how to raise your children or raise theirs, right? Um, when you do have children, you recognize how more compassion and more patience and more forgiveness is needed. And so it really changed my perspective in terms of infusing some more compassion and forgiveness and mercy and grace into the lives of the people that I deal with. Even when I got ordained, you know, that, that superintendent said, you know, people will try to tell you that the church is your main focus, hmm. but I want to tell you that it's God, then family, and then ministry. And so having children and, and being a female pastor and being a female in ministry really helped me to go, you know what, Lord, you've loaned these gifts to me for only a certain amount of time. My focus is serving you first and then them and then whatever else you call me to. And so it has really changed how I am compassionate with myself <laughs> and patient with myself as much as it is how I extend that to other people and, and grow in trying to teach them God first, family second, career third, and I will lead by example and I will encourage you and I will not knock you when that's what you choose. <laughs> because even the church tries to make you choose differently. Even mm. Christians try to make you choose differently. But just being able to say, no, this is God's way. So enjoy the journey. Enjoy the, the place that you're at because you won't get it back. Um, yeah, that's what my children. I, I tell people all the time, the days are long, but the years go by quickly. Try to appreciate where you are. <laughs> I was told that a lot after the birth of my first daughter. <laughs> like, Holly, it's okay. Just appreciate these moments because you only get them once. I'm like, oh, good. I'm <laughs> all good, but now we look I'm like, this is tough. And I know now I'm like, oh, I remember when I could just snuggle with her without her kicking me or something, right? Now, now it's just uh, like they're so big and awkward because they're just, they're growing. And, I have teenagers uh, that won't talk to me. So. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good. I thought it was just my kids. Never mind. <laughs> no, no, no. I don't know what you guys have. I, I, I mean, I've heard Holly say her daughters, I have two boys. And so I'm navigating teenagers, but also just boys and what it is to be the only queen in the house. Mm. Um, it's very interesting. Very, very interesting. <laughs> I may have two daughters, but there's still only one queen in the house. <laughs> <laughs> I might have two queens, but there's only one king. king. Oh, right. and, and that's and that's that's God. It's Jesus. Yeah, I'm not, I, just, I just I'm just here. Um, when it comes to, I mean, you, you had talked about pastor and preacher and author and podcaster and parent and partner, all the P's and one A. Um, is there one specific that you like more than the other? Or is it just uh, ministry in itself? The ministry that the Lord has me in now is called Connect Three Ministries. And why? Because it's about connecting people to the word, worship, and working relationships. Those three things are really big in my life. And so 
I would say there isn't one thing I that I like more than the other because I just want to keep that focus. That's my agenda. Lord, I, I want to connect people to you through the word, worship and working relationships. And so I do enjoy when I'm asked to speak or preach. I do enjoy worship like nothing else. Like I love to lead worship. I love to sing worship. Uh, I like to be in worship. And I love helping marriages and, and, and people uh, to work through forgiveness and to work through things. And so as long as I'm doing one of those three, <laughs> as long as I'm doing some aspect of ministry that the Lord says, okay, Shereen, I want you to do this now and I want you to do this here, um, then I love all of them. With all the things you have on the go, I'm curious to know how and when did you have time to write a book? <laughs> so More my than first, one. Yeah, I know, <laughs> not just one. My first book um, is called Big Challenges, Even Bigger God. And that book was written or birthed through the time of my cancer. Hmm. And it actually isn't about my cancer. My cancer is like the last chapters. But when I was going through the year before with the seven surgeries and all of those difficulties, people kept saying to me, Shereen, you, you should write a book. Shereen, you should write a book. Shereen, you should write a book. And I was like, I've never dreamed, never desired, never thought of. Um, and then through a, a set of circumstances, the Lord spoke very clearly to me. And I actually... Uh, wrote that book in one month oh, and wow. then submitted it to uh, Word of Life Press. It was to the Women of Faith um, writing competition. And I actually did not win that competition, but they came back to me and said, we'd like to publish your book. Your book needs to be. And so that is how I got into doing that. And then when, while I was writing that, people kept asking when I was going through my cancer, Che and I, how are you guys in your marriage? How are you still doing this? How, how do you, and, and, and people that knew the different things I'd gone through, all of the things that I'd mentioned, they asked, you know, how, how did that affect your marriage? How, you know, and so then I, I kept asking my husband every day, people are asking me and I can't speak for you. So what's your answer? And that birthed the second book because the second book is a marriage book called I Still Say I Do. Um, and then the third one, which is now happening, actually is just happening because it's a 365 day prayer book. And that just came because I started writing prayers down every day and sharing it with women and, and people in my life. And mm -hmm. they asked me to compile it. Um, and, and so it just, it was an offspring of what God is and already doing in my life and what I do anyways. And that's also where the podcast came. Cause then people said, can you read those podcasts, uh, those prayers? And so that's, that's where the prayer podcast came. So God has been doing all these things that are actually part of my everyday and don't actually take time except for the time to, you know, that you have to do it, but it doesn't seem like extra time. It just seems like this is what God wants me to do right now. And so this is why this is happening. Do you ever have a hard time juggling the things that you're doing for God and family? Or do you just have this beautiful family work-life balance that everyone wants? <laughs> always a challenge. Um, but at the same time, I'm a morning person. And so I will wake up and start doing things before other people get up. And like I said, my boys are teenagers. So off to school they go. <laughs> <laughs> so I try to use my time wisely while they are at school. And I have a, an absolutely wonderful husband and he works from home and gets his work done, but he's very involved in the boys' lives. So that being said, he really does free me up for ministry and for mm -hmm. what that I, I have to do. 
but it still is a work balance thing because I still have to balance life after cancer and what that means for me in terms of yeah. my energy and how I feel and the days that are not good and not so good. And, 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 but I've been balancing that even through cancer and through the sickness before. So it's just, I, I have really learned what is important and what is urgent, what is priority and what laundry, what dishes, what house cleaning can be left <laughs> and then move on to just pacing myself, pacing myself. Health-wise, uh, before, we, before we wrap it up, health-wise, how are you doing? I am good. Um, December was five years cancer-free for me. And uh, the five, getting to the five years to celebrate wasn't easy because cancer always leaves behind a lot of things you still have to work through. And mm -hmm. I'm still fighting some of those things, but I am good. I, I have taken a lot of things out of my life and put a lot of other things in my life that other people might think are, are not but for me, it's yes, rest is important. <laughs> Saying no is important. Doing what fills my cup is important. Um, and so there are a lot of things that I do differently, which allows me to stay well, to stay well. Yeah. It's the Why Me Project podcast. So we have to ask the question. Um, do you have any Why Me moments as you look back and reflect on your life, could have been in a valley. It seems like there was a lot of them or maybe a mountaintop where things were going better, but it seems like most people have some moment where they just ask God, why me? Um, I think every single one of those moments were why me moments. Hmm. And my encouragement is not to stay in the why me as in it should be somebody else or woe is me, why me? But why me in terms of you've entrusted me with this. Now, what do I do with this? And so the, in those valley moments, even in, you know, I always say to people, we, we want God as soon as possible. And so yeah. we want to always, always say a prayer, always say a praise, always say a powerful truth and always say a passionate cry. So there were crying in there, but the why me needed to be turned around to why me in terms of what do you want me to do with this? Mm. Um, and so every single one of those moments were like that for me at least in uh her house there's only one queen you could check out uh, connect three ministries new book right around the corner uh shereen spencer thank you very much for taking some time and sharing your heart oh thanks for having me sometimes the hardest part is when you're in the midst of the storm and yeah. what happens when that storm just continually seems to come and come and come and come and you're like I, i'm about done but shereen was just like nah you know what there's ways and when you're in the midst of things that you can still praise yeah, I just, I don't even know how she has stayed so joyful through all of those trials that she's faced. Um, I just was so impressed with just her commitment to God and joy and finding out what she could learn in those situations, how or what God had in store for her. She is quite an amazing lady, and I can't wait for the uh, the next book that she is uh, writing to be released. Make sure you check that out. And also check us out in a mm -hmm. completely different way. It's podcast ways yeah. and in uh, social medias like Facebook or Instagram. Where do we get our podcasts, Holly? Um, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, I'm going to go with Stitcher. Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Edify, uh, or just go to faithstrongtoday.com. Yeah.